Hi, welcome back to Shop Talk with the Sheriff. I'm Sheriff Gregory Tony here in Broward County. Thank you all for logging in and joining us on this episode. We're going to be talking about animal cruelty. And today's special guest is one of my own. I brought in Sergeant Michael Baldwin, who's been with the agency for 20 plus years now. He served in a multitude of different capacities from patrol to property crimes to the detective, internal affairs. And then around about 2019, he was promoted uh, to the special victims unit and has been really tackling this challenge. Uh, I can tell you, he is very much committed to the overall you know, public safety of the community, but most certainly for the victims that we're going to be talking about when we're dealing with animal cruelty and the rights uh, that we try to afford, you know, our, our pets and stuff out here. So Sarge, hey, listen, I appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule, joining us on the podcast. Uh, just really quickly, you know, it's kind of hard to fill in really fast um, 20 plus years of service in law enforcement. You know, what got you involved? Why did you start, start it to, and join the police force, so to speak, or join the sheriff's office? And where are you headed now with uh, what you're doing in, in your unit? Um, what, what got me involved in uh, law enforcement was just uh, an idea to make the community I serve better and um, to, to help people, victims uh, of certain cases that I, you know, that I've witnessed as a non-law enforcement officer. And, you know, basically just wanted to make a difference in, in the community that I, uh, that I work in. Yeah, it, and, it, it, no, no, and, and you've you've most certainly done so. You you've hit a gauntlet. If I spent time reading your whole personnel file here, uh, we're gonna run out of time on shop talk with the sheriff. So, but I just want to touch that uh, being able to you know make a difference in people's lives and engage and and then just the transitions uh, from different unit to unit to where you are now. Uh, have you seen anything different uh, from one unit to the next compared to your work right now? Uh, yeah, uh, internal affairs was definitely a, a different animal than, uh, you know, pun intended, um, than, uh, special victims unit. Um, but yeah, it's each has their, their pluses and minuses. And, uh, I, I enjoy working in special victims. I also enjoyed working in internal affairs. It was, they're two great divisions that, uh, do a lot of work for the sheriff's office and uh, do a lot of work for the citizens of Broward. So I'm going to have you just kind of break down a little bit more about your unit. You know, uh, <laughs> you, you hear special victims unit and you start thinking about Olivia Benson on law and order, but there are so many different elements to special victims unit. Tell me about your staff, how many people you have under your command uh, and what, what, what's your target when you're talking about animal abuse? What does that mean? Um, well, we have three sergeants in the unit, myself, Sergeant Joe Harris, and Sergeant Marcus uh, Williams. We also have 14 detectives assigned to special victims and three civilian uh, support staffs. And then when you start looking at, okay, most people don't know what animal abuse mean. Is it limited to just the physical abuse? Or is there a multitude of things that you've had to investigate or look at that fall under, uh, you know, the statute related to animal abuse? Um, yeah, I mean, not only do do our detectives investigate animal abuse, but they also uh, investigate all aspects of abuse, from child abuse, elderly abuse, and disabled adults. Um, we also investigate all the sex crimes uh, that occur in the jurisdictional limits of Broward Sheriff's Office. We also investigate domestic and dating violence and the kidnapping of juveniles. So we 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 handle a, a lot of different uh, cases, and all our detectives are are, are trained up and. Uh, very, very knowledgeable on the subjects that they are investigating. 
Yeah, you talked about specialized training. You know, what does that look like for if I was a young officer uh, saying, hey, I want to join SVU, I want to get involved, and I want to specialize in animal cruelty in this case. Uh, let's just throw one out there. What type of credentialing comes with that? What, what would you need to do? Uh, well, if somebody does show an interest in that, what we would do is uh, we receive trainings from the National uh, Justice Training Center. Uh, we had forward these uh, emails to road patrol deputies or other detectives, whoever they may be, and ask that they, they take these courses. Uh, knowledge is power. And the more training you can have uh, on a subject, the better off you are. Um, <clears throat> Have you been swamped over the last year? Any, you know, with COVID-19 popping in, it, it changed the entire uh, calls for services in the county. You know, people were home, things were being mitigated uh, without police involvement. But typically, how many cases generally do you investigate per year, would you say? Uh, per year, we're around the 30, 30 case mark, okay. give or take a few. About 30 cases or so? Yes. And what are some of the more kind of interesting cases that you've seen like come your way where, you know, it may not got the Hollywood attention or the media attention, but was pretty challenging for your crew? I know that I know you get tons of them all the time, but, I th you know, I think a lot of the community have a uh, little understanding about what you guys do in that unit. And there's so many cross sections that you highlighted from, you know, the special victims aspect. It's not just limited to animal cruelty. It's not just limited to sex abuse, but you got so many different components. Uh, what type of cases has popped up that didn't get the media attention, but was kind of one of those nail biters for you all? Um, we had a case not too long ago in Deerfield uh, involving a cat that uh, was stabbed with a screwdriver and set on fire. Um, the, the, the district sergeant reached out to me. We uh, spoke to the deputy, did a canvas of the area. The first door he knocked on was the actual suspect who uh, confessed to doing this. He said the cat snuck into his uh, apartment and was going to do voodoo on him. And uh, it was, it was quite, a, quite a scene at that, at that residence. Yeah, and I think so many people doesn't realize the type of extreme levels of cases that you all have to, you know, take on when it comes to this manner. Uh, you're not always just focused on a simple case of someone maybe slapping a pet or anything like that, but you get the type of atrocities that you've described. Uh, you know, one of the things that I constantly get when I'm going out in the community, talking to residents, talking to um, different, you know, civic groups and things of that nature, they're always trying to figure out, well, what's the best mechanism? Should we dial 911? Uh, should we reach out to on a website? Uh, is there any specific avenue that you've seen that works best for your unit when people want to report? I think people are afraid of retaliation to report these type of crimes or so. So what tips would you have for them? Yeah, th that is true because most of the uh, callers will be a neighbor um, who have probably already had an encounter with the suspect and it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out if you're a suspect that the person has complained on you three or four times and now the cops are there. So there, there is some concern for that, but I mean, you can always call 911 if it's egregious um, and you need law enforcement there immediately. Um, we have, you know, we have the non-emergency number 954-764-HELP-4357. Um, you can also call the Broward County Animal Abuse Hotline at 311. 
uh, or Crime Stoppers at 954-493-8477. And then we also have the uh, Safer Watch app, um, which you can report anonymously uh, to law enforcement. And the good thing about Safer Watch is it provides uh, real time two-way communication during emergencies and non-emergency situations to where we can address these uh, issues of animal abuse. Perfect. Hey, Sarge, what's really kind of, in your tenure, your time, the more frequent type of call you get related to, you know, animal cruelty or something to that extent? Of course, not all of them are as uh, egregious as the one that was described that took place in Deerfield. But what's the common thing? You know, I've heard about um, leash laws and things of that nature and people making complaints there. Uh, Any particular item that you've seen coming up more frequent? Yeah, it, a, a lot of the issues that, that we see are uh, neglect and confinement um, issues. And if you read the confinement statute, uh, Florida State Statute 828.13, it reads, whoever impounds or confines an animal in any place and fails to supply or provide the animal during such confinement with sufficient quantity of food and wholesome water or keeps any animal in any enclosure without wholesome exercise and exchange of air is guilty of a misdemeanor in the third degree and up to a $5,000 fine. Now, when people read that, they're like, what does all that mean? You know, what is, what is the change of air and wholesome exercise? Um, Which I I turn to the uh, Broward County uh, ordinance uh, section uh, four, six, and it explains confinement a lot easier way. Um, What it says is that any person keeping or owning a dog, or cat must provide the animal with the following, and that is a clean, sanitary, safe, and humane uh, conditions, sufficient quantities of appropriate food daily, proper ventilation and circulation, as well as adequate quantities of visible, clean, and fresh water available at all times. Uh, Furthermore, it shall be unlawful for any person keeping a dog or cat to provide, uh, to fail to provide uh, shelter for that animal. So when you take those two together, if you had to give somebody the layman's um, readers, you know, digest version of, hey, here's what confinement means. Here's how you need to apply it to stay out of trouble. Um, or before you decide to call the police department, make sure you have an understanding about what that means. Um, mostly with the confinement issues, what we see is sufficient space. When animals are kept outside in a, in a crate or a, a makeshift uh, box, um, there needs to be sufficient space for each dog or cat to comfortably stand, sit, lie down, and turn around. That is usually what we, what our standard of confinement. Mm-hmm. If, you know, if you have a Rottweiler in a two by two cage, it ain't going to happen. It's, it's not, you know, it, it, obviously it's too large for that cage. Um, so that's usually what we go on. Um, Furthermore, the, you know, the structures that these animals are in, they need to be of sound construction and provide the animal uh, adequate protection from the rain, wind, sun, and all the elements at all times. Um, and another area is um, that the area must be clean of fecal matter, um, you know, uh, so it doesn't attract insects, rodents, and become unsightly or, you know, cause an object. Uh, excuse me, objectionable odor. You know, for much of how it's been outlined on the statutory side, even in the county, uh, 
you know, much of it is narrowed down to a common sense assessment uh, of looking and, and assessing these environments and saying, would it be suitable for a human being uh, to live in some of these environments? And if the answer is no, there's a good chance it's going to parallel that it's probably not suitable for a pet. Sarge, am I reading this right? Am I hearing this right? No, you're, uh, you're absolutely correct. Um, you know, like, like you said, if, would you want to stay in that, in that box, you right. know, not being able to move around, not having any water, you know? Um, and what a lot of people don't realize either too, is there is a, a temperature ordinance uh, within the, the county, which is 85 degrees. <clears throat> so if, if the temperature rises above 85 degrees, the cat or dog must be provided either air conditioning, a fan, or any other cooling source to maintain the temperature in the shelter is, or cage is below 85 degrees. That's pretty much um, every day in Broward County. We're in South Florida, so it's always hot out here. Um, I mean, they do have a, a, a temperature for the low range, which is 45 degrees. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, that really doesn't happen too much down here. You know, one of the things that I've heard over, you know, several conversations is, well, we, you know, we don't want to call the police when we see these things because we don't want the police to take someone's pet. And I, I think it's probably a good time for us to kind of debunk that myth. It, you know, you're not out there looking to take anyone's pet or uh, unnecessarily or anything to that nature. You know, what, what would you explain to that resident that says, look, I, I want to call, but I also don't want to see someone lose their pet. No, and and that is an issue too that that some people a dilemma that some people face as well. Um, no, we're not looking to take animals away from people. We're looking to educate people who may not realize what they're doing uh, could be construed as criminal. Um, we work very well with the Broward County Animal Control Division, um, where we can issue where they can issue warnings as well as non-criminal citations. Um, and with the Broward County Animal Control, they usually give you a time frame to remedy the issue that you were cited for, whether it be confinement, uh, tethering, um, you know, neglect is, is kind of a difficult one, but again, if it's not egregious and it's something that we can educate somebody on, uh, we definitely try to do that. Uh, Cause most people want a pet, they want it to be friendly. They want, you know, to have an interaction with it, um, you know, so, but sometimes you do see the animals that are just left outside. You know? Hey, Sarge, you, you mentioned tethering. Can you explain that to people who are not familiar with some of the uh, technical terms, to, you know, related to your craft? I know somebody probably was like, what, what did he say? Tethering? What does that mean? Okay. Well, tethering <clears throat> uh, is also known here in Broward County as Nikki's rule. Um, it's not a Florida state statute, but it is in the Broward County ordinance section uh, four. 8.5 and I could read the whole thing but what I'll do is just give you the highlights of it yeah sure. um uh, let's see here the tether or the the rope or leash attached to the dog uh, shall be at least five times the length of the dog's body so if if you got a uh you know three foot dog from from uh nose to tip of the tail or to uh, base of the tail, you need 15 feet. Um, <clears throat> and the tether can also not weigh more than an eighth of the body's or the dog's weight and shall be, 
maintained free of tangles. And the last thing is the, the running line or pulley system that, that is used uh, shall be at least 15 feet in length and no higher than seven feet above the ground. So this way it gives the, the dog uh, convenient access to food, water, shade, um, and protection from the elements. Um, the, the old, uh, you know, tying a, a chain to a tree that's bare doesn't work. Yeah, I think that, I think that was going to be my follow-up was just, uh, again, so many of the different, whether it be county or, or statutory elements, it's just looking at a basic common sense approach about what is necessary uh, to make sure that this pet or animal has a level of quality of life that doesn't imprison them, hurt them, or impact them. And they just set the, the standards for what the minimum thing should be. And, and not saying you can't go above and beyond that if you choose to as a pet owner or, or any other. Yeah, um, that, that, that's the whole premise of, of us going out there. Um, and we've also addressed roll calls throughout the, uh, throughout the county at East District um, because road patrol deputies are, are more than likely gonna be the first people on scene. Right. Um, so with our ability to communicate and train uh, or educate the road patrol deputies on you know, what to look for, um, it can then give us a better idea of should we send a detective? Is it something that can wait? Or you know, just go ahead and call Broward County Animal Control, let them do the assessment if you're not sure of you know, the elements that are there. And they can contact us, they have our direct numbers and based on what they, you know, what they determine and what the observations of the deputy are, we will, we will send out a detective. And if it is egregious, we will you know, arrest the, the, the individual and seize the dog. You know, I, look, Mike, I'm just going to pause real quick because there's always some latecomers. So for those who are joining us, I uh, just want to let you know that we're talking today to a special guest, one of our supervisors here at the Broward Sheriff's Office, Sergeant Michael Baldwin, who leads up the Special Victims Unit. And we were just really focusing and narrowing down on animal cruelty and some of the things that you could do uh, as a local resident to help mitigate that type of harm to pets that are out there or animals in the road. And he had highlighted a few areas in terms of some of the responsibilities, the caseloads in which they handle, talking about also some of the statutory elements uh, that hold uh, individuals accountable when it comes to animal cruelty, and then just giving us some tips on some of the basics and common sense elements that one should use to make sure that either pets and animals are safe and free of harm and having a high quality of life, um, and also to help just re reduce the type of caseloads he's getting in when it comes to animal cruelty. So, Sarge, you know, the one thing I will um, kind of wrap some of this up with and give us a chance to close, just, you know, you and your experience. Here in Broward County, we have such a large population, got roughly 1.9 million people that reside, not in all 1,300 square miles. You know, that's a myth. Uh, really, we are populated in only 400 and I believe 7,900 uh, square miles of the 1,300. The rest is the Everglades. And... <laughs> And so, you know, we have a population density where we're all on top of each other. Everyone loves pets for the most part. I love pets. I got my little bulldog in a house named Sig. Yes, named after my first SWAT handgun. Uh, don't hold it against me if you're a cult lover. But, you know, what would you tell the community? What would you just wrap up with? Hey, listen, when it comes to animal cruelty and protecting animals and pets out in the street, what are just three top things you would give them? 
Um, it's like you said earlier, Sheriff, it, it, it's the common sense. Um, yeah, you wouldn't want a, a dog to, or an animal to suffer. Um, and you wouldn't want to be put in a condition where you feel uncomfortable. So why should your animal be put in that condition as well? Um, and just, you know, confinement, you know, just make sure you, your, your dog has enough room, uh, you know, to sit up, stand up, turn around, um, and make sure mostly there's, there's fresh water for, for your dog. Uh, the dogs can go a couple of days without eating, which I'm not suggesting anybody does, but the water is, is, is the most important thing. You got to keep these dogs hydrated, especially with the heat down here in Florida. Um, and anybody knows who has a dog, it, once their mouth is open, they start panting, they're thirsty. That's how they sweat is through, through their mouth. They don't, they don't sweat like us. Well, look, again, we had uh, special guest Sergeant Michael Baldwin join us from Special Victims Unit to talk about animal, animal cruelty today. Sarge, thanks for taking the time. I know you're super busy, but I wanted to make sure we touched this, talk to the community a little bit because we got gotten emails and calls. Uh, thanks for your time. We'll definitely have you back when you have something to report up on, any new tips or things we can provide the community. So thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you, Sheriff, and thank you for providing this uh, platform to speak about this very important topic. Absolutely. And all for all of you joining us, thank you for joining me on Shop Talk with the Sheriff. Remember to follow me on Instagram at BSO Sheriff Tony. It's not a stunt double. It's me. Also, subscribe to the podcast so you can get early alerts for every new episode. In the meantime, stay safe, be humble, and try to love somebody a little bit more you love yourself. Take care.